Hello and welcome to Love Signals. My name is Michaela McDonald and I will be your host. This is episode 57. Welcome back, everybody. So this podcast is evolving rapidly. And the intro, if you're familiar with the podcast, uh, feels like it's ready for a change. In the past, the intro was how we are exploring, we're going on a journey of exploring all the ways that love is sending signals to us and through us. And that's a beautiful thought, right? There's something very sweet, very nice about that. And it served its purpose for a time. But as I step deeper into my faith as a Christian, I realize how it doesn't feel right to not include God in the intro. It doesn't feel right to um, kind of overlook God in the intro. And I want everything I do in my life to be for God's glory. I want everything I do to be in relationship with God, that it's for God, that it's an expression of his love, his will, and so on. And so I'm still figuring out what the intro, what this, what this new version of the intro will be. But I imagine it will be something along the lines of where we explore God's love for us, where we explore God's word and God's love together. <laughs> I also feel like I want the intro to include some acknowledgement of my, um, my infancy when it comes to my faith. You know, I'm, I'm so new at all of this and it's easy for me to think, oh, I, there's so many other people who are talking about God and Christianity and their faith and their relationship with Christ. Why, you know, why should I be another one of those voices? And on top of that, I can think about how other people could talk about it better than me, right? Oh, they could do it better. They know more. Um, they, you know, they, they are more established in it. They know their scripture better, bippity-boppity-boo. But I realize that testimony is testimony. And, and testimony is kind of a biblical word. It's this idea of sharing your experience, sharing your experience of Christ, sharing your experience of coming to Christ. And so I think that hearing a wide variety of testimonies Moreover, having a wide variety of testimonies that exist in the world for us to come across, to happen upon, is valuable both for people who already believe in Christ and for people who don't. Because it just helps. It just helps. <laughs> and, um, and moreover, I know for myself it's been such, such a, an honor to hear about the journeys of other people, especially other women who perhaps were more in the new age world or other things or maybe even more atheist or whatever it might have been who came to Christ. And hearing about their journeys has been so uplifting for me and so um, just so beautiful. It's so encouraging. And I think there's something about being a beginner and letting people in when you're in your beginner phase that's beautiful. And in a way, one of the gifts of it is that it's very easy for me to not 
be prideful about it. It's very easy for me to not be um, kind of self-aggrandizing because I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. But but here, here's here's what I'm learning. <laughs> and so I like the way that it kind of builds in so much humility that I hope to carry with me on and on and on because it's not about me knowing the right words. It's about God, God's words shining through us, right? And so thinking about the intro again, you know, love sending signals to us and through us, I do feel how especially potentially exclusively now that I have this relationship with God because I've opened myself to Jesus and I've acknowledged my wrongdoings, my sins, as the Bible would call them. And I've asked for forgiveness. I've repented, right? There's that acknowledgement of like, oh, okay, yeah, I did things that aren't what you want for us to do. And I, I ask for forgiveness and I ask for you to take over my life, right? And so that's part of this journey I've been on of becoming Christian. And I lost my train of thought. What was it? Oh, so it's. I think it's very possible that now that I'm here and, and really filled with the Holy Spirit, as Christ does for us, right, fills us with the Holy Spirit, I feel like I am able to really notice the signals that God is sending to to me and through me. And... I can see and feel the signals he's sending through others as well. So uh, we'll see how the intro evolves. Uh, No promises. (laughs) I'm not sure what it'll be next week. But I am here on Saturday actually recording for the upcoming Wednesday because I am going on a work team gathering for the Tapping Solution where we're all going to be in person and we're going to do some team building exercises and whatnot. So I will be deep in that world and I'm going to be in Connecticut actually for that. So I'm going to leave the desert and go to the lush, rainy, it looks like it might rain, <laughs> landscape of the Northeast. And I'm, I'm looking forward to just bearing witness to God's creation and, and all the variety, right? So June, late June here and Southern California in the desert is hot and dry and beautiful and the night sky is so sparkly and the birds are really chatty and (laughs) there's a lot going on. Um, And I'm so curious to experience what late June in the Northeast is like, in the Northeast of the U.S. So now that I've talked about those things, I want to talk about the theme for today's episode, which is the many names of love. My Bible is so awesome. I know I talk about it all the time. It's this women's study Bible. Uh, So it includes all these awesome kind of charts and summaries and maps and commentaries. And it's so cool. Quotes from women it's really it's really inspiring and wonderful and I've been spending a lot of time with it lately um as I mentioned in last week's episode scripture really 
it's come alive for me in a new way, I think, since I came to Christ. And it's just so wonderful. So I, over the last few weeks, I worked my way through the book of John, which goes over the life of Jesus and his ultimate death and resurrection, which it was, yeah, it was really, I'd never read, I mean, honestly, maybe I did read it in high school in that one class, the Bible is literature, but I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Um, It felt like I'd never read it before. I'll say that. It felt fresh. It felt new. And little did I know, John not only wrote that book, but he also wrote three other books, one John, two John, three John, and possibly a fifth, I think. I've been hearing that lately that John wrote Revelations. Revelation. I think it's just singular, Revelation. Once again, I'm a beginner. I'm learning. (laughs) Um, And so I've been reading one John. I'm just, I'm just hanging out with all of, all of John's writings. Um, and part of how I spent my time this morning was going through and in the various commentaries and little sections that are included in my Bible, there will be references to other parts of scripture. And so I was just cross-referencing and going in and out of various books, like one Peter or one Corinthians, or I think even Colossians as well. Anyway, I'm I'm just learning. I'm learning so fast. Like there's such a, I feel such a hunger in me that's been woken up and I've always loved learning. I think that's part of why I started the podcast and started this whole journey because I love learning about truth. And I think on some level, even before I came to Christ, I, I, I had this yearning to know the true and full nature of love and the true and full nature of God. I I know as I was working on the book Love Signals, that was kind of the conclusion chapter was like, now I'm turning to God like God is love. And so what what is the true and full nature of God? Not that I can ever fully know it, but how can I learn more about it at least? And it's so interesting to witness myself in my own journey with that because, you know, here I am. <laughs> holding a book, the Bible, uh, that speaks to that in so much depth, with so much intricacy. So I'd like to read to you from this book. (laughs) And um, so these are specifically parts that were included that are like commentaries and um, things that are kind of like a synthesis of different aspects. So the first one I'm going to read to you is from it's kind of it lives in one john but it's it's just a commentary about the attributes of god and one of the attributes of god is love god is the source of love and that's something that one in the first book of john uh chapter 4 verse 7 through 10 and 16 talk about but i i really appreciated this kind of overview that was given so love is not a definition of god god is infinitely more but god is the definition of love without him love does not exist and they give some scriptural references for that biblical love which is the greek word agape is active yet selfless though most graphically and fully illustrated in god's love for us Agape love is also God's pattern for our love for him and for our love for one another. 
Its basis is God's deliberate, active, sacrificial giving of his son for our redemption. They're talking about Jesus Christ there. To be loved by God means that he has set his sights on us and is actively wooing us towards himself at all times. God's love is self-starting, indestructible, undeserved, compassionate, constant, immeasurable, voluntary, and a gift. He did not begin loving at the cross, nor will he love us more tomorrow than he does today. There is nothing we can do, think, or say that will change his love because there are no surprises for God. He knows us totally and loves us anyway. The goal of God's love is to have us with him throughout eternity. He presented and made possible the accomplishment of this goal through Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. And, ah, so how beautiful, right? God is love, but love is not the definition of God. God is even more than love, and love is one of the things that he contains and defines. That's so cool to me. And that he, so, so, okay, actually, okay, flipping around. So this is another part that lives in 1 Corinthians. Once again, it's it's just a commentary that lives in this specific Bible I have. And throughout this text, it references various scriptures. Um, I won't read those out loud just because it gets a little cumbersome, um, and I want to make sure that the overarching point is shared. So there's this um, this part around the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. But then there's also a whole cool little chart called what is love? So I'm going to go over that first with you all because this was so exciting to me. So in the left, it goes over four different Greek words for love. I believe there's even more Greek words for love. I remember hearing that, and I think mentioning that on the podcast once, that English doesn't have that many words for love, but Greek has, you know, many, many, like six, seven, a lot. And so there's four words for love here. There's agape, philia, Eros and storge. I had to look up the pronunciation of that one. Storge. So agape, which is what we were hearing out about before, which is God's love. As it's defined here is it indicates a choice to serve God, to love neighbor, to accept self without expecting something in return. And that is from Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40, that that's directly referencing. Some comments about it are that it appears rarely in secular Greek writings. I think that's really interesting. So this word agape, which is indicating a choice to serve God and love your neighbor and accept yourself without expecting anything in return, appears rarely in secular, which just means like non-spiritual, non-religious Greek writings. And it says it was coined by New Testament writers to describe God's love. And that's um, from John chapter 3, verse 16. I know I I said I was going to read the scripture references. This is the chart. I probably won't read them in the the longer form um, prose. (laughs) Um, The final comment about this one is that Christian love is based on the deliberate choice of the lover rather than the worthiness of the one loved. 
This goes back to last week's episode. <laughs> episode. That's good. That was, that's like almost I made that word Greek. <laughs> this goes back to last week's episode, episode 56, where I talked about how you have a choice. Love and choice. I'm learning from a biblical lens, love requires choice. And it's so cool to hear that echoed here because Christian love is based on the deliberate choice of the lover rather than the worthiness of the one loved. So part of agape, part of this this deeply spiritual love that this word is describing is about choosing to love, making the deliberate choice to love God and to love your neighbor and to accept yourself. I mean, that's so beautiful that that's included in Matthew. It makes me want to look that up. And maybe we will before the end of this episode. We'll see. The biblical usage, so that actually gets into um, the Corinthians, the one Corinthians verse, um, which is about, you know, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, which I think a lot of us are familiar with. And I, I'd actually like to read that to us. So I'll do that now. Okay, so here we are. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. And before I read this, I just want you all to take a moment to relax your minds and just imagine that you've never heard this verse before because it's a familiar verse. And I think that sometimes when we hear things that are familiar, we can tend to not listen as deeply to it. So let yourself experience this as if you've never heard it before and get really curious about the words, about the meaning. Just let let yourself have a fresh experience of this, okay? And here we go. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So that's so beautiful. And part of what I was struck by as I read that was thinking about I think so often, you know, that verse is read at weddings and where we're thinking about two humans loving one another. But in this moment, I was thinking about how this is a description, at least partially, if not completely, of God's love for us, of Christ's love for us, and of the love that we can have for him. A love that's patient, kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, isn't proud doesn't dishonor others or focus on self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It protects, it trusts, it hopes, and perseveres. I know I've talked about this idea a lot, at least I think I have, of steady love. And part of what I felt that the Love Letter Project helped me cultivate was a sense of steady love. But, but that what I experienced then pales in comparison to the steady love that I'm experiencing now that I'm connected to Christ. And as I read this, I, I feel reminded of that, this 
always perseveres, always hopes, always trusts, always protects. It's patient. It's kind. It's like, oh, that steadiness. I'm so struck by that. I think there's some phrase, long-suffering, which <laughs> may sound kind of uh, unappealing to to many of us who don't want to suffer. But there's this idea, I believe, in the Bible with long-suffering of it's another way of talking about patience and talking about a steadiness of faith and a steadiness of love. So that is agape. And I believe that that word agape in the original Greek of 1 Corinthians, that is the word that's used in that passage, which is cool to think about. So God's, this, 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 this love that indicates a choice to serve God and to love our neighbor and to accept ourselves without expecting something in return. And going back to that part that was in 1 John, that biblical love is active yet selfless and most fully illustrated in God's love for us. Agape love is also God's pattern for our love for him, for our love for one another. So it's like the basis of God's love and it's basically the structure of love for us to, to utilize as we love God and each other. So, okay, we're going to go on to the others. The others are shorter because um, they're, well, you'll see. <laughs> okay, so the other type of love in Greek is called philia. And this refers to, the meaning of this is that it refers to esteem and affection reflected in loving concern friends have for one another. And it's used in the New Testament in um, John chapter 21, 15 through 17, as well as Titus chapter 2 verse 4, and is sometimes used interchangeably or synonymously with agape. But they go on to talk about the biblical uses, so usage. So the, the nature of Peter's love is the question. Jesus uses agape, unselfish commitment, in his questions. Peter uses philia, esteem or high regard in his response. Perhaps his caution comes from his bitter experience of denying the Lord. So this is kind of a more in-depth thing, but when Jesus is being kind of brought to trial before he's crucified, Peter, who's also known as Simon, one of his um, disciples, he denies that he knows Jesus. He denies that Jesus is Jesus. And uh, there's just this kind of denial. Three times he's asked, um, isn't that Jesus? Isn't that, you know? And he's like, no, that's not him or no I don't know him I forget I just read this but there's some kind of denial and and Jesus actually before he goes to trial he says to Peter you're going to deny me three times before the crow calls its second time and and I guess back in the day everybody knew that <laughs> not the crow the cock the rooster would crow kind of like at midnight and then again at uh, 3 a.m. And all this stuff is kind of happening in the middle of the night. Um, and so it, it comes to pass that Peter did deny him. And there's something going on there with Peter where it's even potentially he's wrestling with his own sense of feeling strength and conviction. I'm still learning about that. But um, 
Yeah, so this is kind of referencing like, oh, maybe it's it's kind of this bitter experience of denying the Lord and the pain of that. Because he was such a faithful believer. He was such a fierce advocate for Christ. But in those moments, he denied him. So um, it also says here that the biblical usage of the word philia shows up in Titus 2.4 and Ephesians 5.33. So the love of a woman for her husband and children must be marked with philia or esteem and respect, not just agape or unselfish commitment. So this is cool to me because they're describing how agape is this unselfish commitment, right? Choosing to love no matter the worthiness of the person you're loving. But then philia is not just unselfish commitment, which is what the agape part is. It's this added layer of esteem and respect. So when you combine the two, it makes for a love that respects and is unselfishly committed. That's really beautiful to me. Um, so then the, the final two words for love, eros and storge, do not appear in the New Testament. I, I'm, it doesn't say here if they appear in the Old Testament. So I might have to look that up separately. But eros is described um, as an appetitive, appetite, appetitive, appetite, anyway, an appetite form of love, this self-centered love, including sexual desire and physical craving. And then storge is, it, it's kind of describing affection, especially among family members. So it could be like the affection that's kind of naturally occurring between a mother and a child or, um, you know, siblings, that kind of thing. Um, so this is so interesting because I remember um, in the past learning about Eros, who I believe is a Greek god, um, the god of love. And it's so interesting to read about the actual description of like the, the definition of that Greek word of love. Because it's not love. It's, it's this like self-centered, kind of desirous, self-indulgent, it sounds so uncomfortable, really, right? Like I, I know throughout my life when I felt that kind of like I just need things and I just want things and whether it's food or intimacy or whatever, it's like it's actually very unpleasant, that kind of sense of desire. And there's, there's it's, it's a desire in my mind that type of love is nearly impossible to quench. It is uh, kind of ongoing whereas the love that we're talking about and this is why i think it's so cool that there's different words because it feels weird to use the same word the love of that's agape love or or even philia love is it's selfless it's much more selfless and and there's there's a certain peace that comes from that i think especially when it's anchored in the love of god because as, as Christ says, ah, I don't know the scriptural moment where this happens, but he talks about how I am the living water. All who drink from me shall never thirst, right? This, this idea of like being receptive to Christ's love gives you this sense of 
being quenched, of, of not being thirsty, of being whole and full. There, this word fullness actually shows up quite a bit in scripture in various ways, that we're filled by Christ and his love. And since Christ is no longer in his physical form here on earth, we have the Holy Spirit here to fill us fully and, and guide us. So yeah, wow, this is, we're just getting, we're getting nerdy with it. And you know what? I don't hate it. Um, so, okay, now I'm going to read this little side part because I just think it just rounds it all out quite nicely. So we've gone over the little chart. Now we're looking at fruit of the spirit. So in both Hebrew, ahab, and Greek, agape, words translated love are action words in- indicating Conscious acts on behalf of a beloved. So love is this idea. This is me talking right now. Love is is this idea of conscious acts that you do on behalf of a beloved. So I hear so much choice in that, right? I hear so much um, willingness. However, biblical love seems to demand going beyond merely a particular behavior to include a certain inner attitude that is a positive inner response. And that's the reference for scripture. There is 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. Continuing on, it says that while several Greek words describe specific forms of love, the Greek word agape most expresses Christ-like selfless love. Unselfish, loyal, benevolent concern for the well-being of another is called by Paul the greatest gift of all. That's from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Christian love is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, a virtue of godly living. That's from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The attributes of love reflect both feelings and loving acts. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. True love is characterized as patient and kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, does not dishonor others, is not self-seeking, is not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs, does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Biblical love is not envious, proud, self-centered, rude, or provoking. Without love, the gifts of the Spirit are deemed worthless, and the fruit of the Spirit incomplete. Hmm. Christian love is eternal. While all else fails, love never fails. It is permanent, unconditional concern for others that result from the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit rather than from human effort or desire. They also list a whole bunch of other scriptural spots that one could look into. (laughs) Um, But I want to circle back to saying how biblical love, this is from the beginning of it, biblical love seems to demand going beyond a merely particular behavior to include a a certain inner attitude, that is, a positive inner repose. And I love that. I love the thoroughness of that, right? Because it's it's talking about how to love in a Christ-like way, it doesn't just mean to do, do certain things. It's talking about the the actions we may do 
that signify love, you know, care for others, selfless acts for others, that those, that those actions and, and the energy of those needs to be reflected in our hearts and in the posture of our hearts. And when I think about certain, certain Christian people, I, I, I still think about this woman I ran into. I think I told you all about this a while back at Costco. <laughs> and I was really thinking about her this morning and I said a little prayer of gratitude and, and wishing her well. And it, it was a very busy day at Costco. And if you all haven't been to Costco, it's, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a very stimulating space. It's big. It's a warehouse. Lots of people are going in and out. And I was going into the small door with my big cart because I had some returns. And various other people had returns. And they were asking us to back up the line because it needed to kind of be straightened out. And so I'm having to like back up my cart. Somebody's ahead of me backing up with their cart. And there was really a potential for danger, right? Bumping into each other, bumping into carts, falling over. And the woman behind me was so sweet because I started to back up and she said, oh, please be careful, you know, make, make sure you're careful or something like that. And she even kind of, I think, put her hand on my arm. And, and there was just this way, even with her touch, that I felt reminded of like, there's no rush. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and then as the process went on, and we kind of resorted. Um, there was this couple, I don't know if they were like, if it was, they were just, I don't know if they were together or if it was um, a child and and their parent, you know, both, both adults. I don't know exactly what was going on, but there was this man who had an oxygen kind of tank that he was working with. And there was a woman kind of with him. And they were trying to make a return as well. They were there in customer service line. And as the line started to move forward and both myself and this woman were through the tiny door, she I just saw her say something or kind of interact with like maybe let them go ahead of her or something. And there was just so much peace and so much grace in her way of being. And I'm so used to being kind of the calmest one in line. Uh, a long, long time ago, I kind of decided you know what, lines happen and I choose to be as as peaceful and calm. I choose to be kind of a calm presence in lines because I know so many people get <laughs> agitated and I was like, it's just an opportunity for me to be, be peaceful and I choose to use it as that. And uh, so I, I, but I was so shocked. I realized that there's this way of, in that moment that I was like, oh, I'm used to kind of being like the, <laughs> the spiritual one, so to speak. And uh, and so it was so interesting to see her being like, just, it was, it just felt almost like hard to fathom how peaceful and warm and, and it didn't feel fake. It felt so sincere. And she was just kind of being sweet and kind in this just loving, loving way to those people very small interactions. It's not like she was starting up a whole conversation. She was just like, oh, do you have everything you need? Here, you can go here, whatever it was. I don't even know what she was saying to them, but I could just feel the goodness being shared there. And um, and then I I think I turned around to her because we'd been in line for maybe like five or more minutes at this point, which I don't know, it's a small number, but it feels like a lot when you're doing it. And I think I said something like, 
you're so patient. It's so lovely to be around somebody who's so patient in a situation like this. And she said, oh, yeah, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't, she, like, did, she didn't really take credit. She didn't really say much more. And I said, and I just, I, I was so enjoying interacting with her. I, I think I said more, something like, no, really, it's, it's really remarkable. And I'm really touched or I'm really impressed or I, I'm amazed. Like, how do you do it? Like, I think maybe there was some question in there. And she just says, well, and I think maybe I was being called up at this point. She said, well, I, you know, here's, here's why, you know, and she just hands me this little card, such a cute little card. It, um, I've got it inside. It's got this little beautiful, beautiful sunset over or sunrise, I think over some mountains. And it's a piece of scripture that says, you know, something, ah, I wish I knew it by heart, but it's, um, this is the day the Lord has given us. And maybe something about how we should rejoice. I forget exactly, but, um, and then it had, you know, some little resources and things like that. And basically it seemed like it was from her church and, and it looked like it was from like Pennsylvania or something. There's a lot of out-of-towners who come to my neck of the woods because it gets cold other places in the winter, but it doesn't get that cold here. <laughs> so I think she was from out of town. And um, why am I sharing this? I know I'm sharing this for a reason. Oh, well, just to experience this kind of love, right? I've been talking about all these types of love, all these names for love that are in the Bible and that exist in, in Greek, especially ancient Greek. And as I understand love more, and especially as I understand God's love more, I'm so struck by ah, the power of it. It is, it is so distinct and it is so, so profound. And, you know, the fact that I still think about this woman and that she's really become this kind of living example, this role model in my mind of what I was talking about earlier of, you know, love making itself known through actions, but also as this, this posture, this inner posture of the mind and heart and how we're how we're really responding internally. I really feel like she's such a great example of the inner sense of that, that heart of love and the outward actions of love. And I think when those things are combined, there's something so striking about it. And, you know, it's been, it's been maybe, I don't know, nine months or something since that happened. Um, I believe it was this past winter that I had that encounter and I'm so grateful for it. It really was a little love signal. I really do feel God's love shining through that woman. And I was really touched by it. And I don't know her name and I'll probably never see her again. And isn't that the way it goes sometimes, right? That little do we know the impact we're having on others. And this is where I feel like being loving to, to everyone we come in contact with being kind and, and trusting in God that God has put people on our path for a reason and that we have the opportunity to share love with them, not just outwardly, but 
internally as well. That is a true gift and a blessing. And what a wonderful way to move through life. I look forward to continuing this exploration of what love means, especially through the lens of the Bible. How does the Bible view love? And as I discussed with you all, <laughs> I, that feels funny to say because I know I'm doing a monologue, but it feels like a discussion um, last week about, you know, the choice, the choice that uh, the free will that God's given us and how that allows us to truly love. And that's been echoed again in this of this, this choice to love God, this choice to love a beloved, this choice to love our neighbors. And um, I'll conclude with, I think that prayer is such a wonderful way for us to embody love and embody all these ideas, right? Praying for others, praying for the well-being of others and for God's will to be present in their lives and to, and if it is God's will for those people to experience peace and love all the more and for God's light to shine in their lives. I think that this is such a wonderful prayer is, is, is just it's so powerful. And it's something that the more I do it, the more I treasure it. And I treasure the gift of it, that, that I am able to do it, that, you know, it's, it's something that I can do anytime, anywhere. Ah, so that is the episode for today. I hope that you all learned something and that this is getting you thinking about love and perhaps noticing love, this, this full agape love, if it's showing up in your lives in any way. And perhaps it's even inspiring you to pick up a Bible and read some parts, um, about love or just explore God's word for yourself. And perhaps this is a seed that's been planted that won't sprout for a long time. And that's okay. Your journey is between you and God. And I treasure it. I treasure it completely. And I'm so grateful for you whoever's listening, whoever made it to the end of what has become another long episode. I keep thinking I'm going to do a short one and then I look up and it's been 40 minutes. <laughs> um, but if you if you hung in here, thank you. And may you be well. May God bless you. And please remember that there is so much love for you here. God's love is here and ready to be a deep part of your life. Until next time, I hope you all take care. Be well. God bless. <laughs>